Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM, channel 145 Slam Radio. As always, like we say every single time we come on the air, it's your boy DC with the bird at the other end. Hoping, to have, a couple, <laughs> hoping to have a few other guests pop on tonight or tomorrow, whatever we decide to do. But uh, your bird, man, what's good, what's good? Oh, another week, man. Another week. Ready for, ready for a win in the ACC, man. Um, that might be uh, a long time coming based on what I've seen so far, <laughs> but you never know. Right. So let's just jump right into it. Um, let, let's get into the UNC recap. You know, obviously like my emotions, you know, first quarter when your second quarter was just completely devastated. And, you know, obviously, you know, you kind of see a little comeback, you know, you start getting a little excited, a little excited, you know, and then all of a sudden complete utter disappointment. <laughs> And not in a bad way, but just. Well, let me ask you this. All yeah. right. You think we made progress this last game? So, and, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because I think this is things that need to be talked about. Yes, I thought I saw a lot of progress and I saw a lot of things that were really, really like I see Miami moving in the right direction moving forward with the depth chart. That's what we've seen this this week come out. Um and again, I never want to badmouth any kids because at the end of the day, I'm not playing. But at some point, CMD has got to like literally get, put his ego aside and say, these younger guys are better than the older guys, and I have to play these guys. So what I mean by that, and especially on the defense side of the ball, but I want to talk about the offensive side of the ball. Unfortunately, again, Miami takes another hit with a running back. You know, down goes Cam Harris. Down for the year, obviously, you know, Cheney earlier in the season. So that puts you back, you know, down two running backs. Having said that, you know, obviously Jalen Knight was suspended for the first four games, but you see the difference that he brings to the offense as far as a dynamic playmaker. Now, I think what you have to do is, yeah, you have Cody Brown. You also have Thad Franklin. I think this is where now you slide Brashard Smith back into the backfield as well and let him get some reps, you know, maybe because, again, he's another one of those guys that is a breakaway home run hitter every time he hits the ball. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me, do I see, do do I think we made progress? Yes. And and I think we made progress by now being able to see people who are playmakers. And, And again, no disrespect to Cam Harris, but, you know, he gave you a couple long runs, but it's few and far between. Like Jalen Knighton hits the hole hard. He hits the hole quick. He gets up field really fast. He doesn't stumble behind the old line. He doesn't look to try to squeeze in between the tackles or in between the guards. He looks to bounce it outside, where mm-hmm. a lot of Miami's success is always getting to the outside. Let your speed do, do the work, right? So I also like what I saw from TBD. First half, I mean, I think he threw some plays. You know, he threw some balls that probably shouldn't have been there. But at the same time, he made those throws in the second half, and he used his legs when he needed to as well. So when you talk about do we make progress, I saw some progress, and hopefully that progress can move forward. 
you know, uh, welcome to the show. We got a, we got a guest, our boy Paul from Scoop on to You. Paul, what's good, man? What's going on, guys? Thank you again uh, for the opportunity to uh, be a part of the Kang Gang. I, I greatly appreciate it. Oh, you yeah, always Kang Gang. Yeah, you always Kang Gang, man. So, you know, we're kind of doing a little recap, Paul. And obviously, Bird just had asked me a question. You know, do, you know, obviously, we, we talk about the loss, but even with the loss, did I, do I see progress? And I was just explaining to Bird right before you popped on was. I see progress in a couple of different ways. You know, I talk about the the opportunity now that Jalen Knighton has to really revamp that backfield because I think we've been missing that like explosiveness from from day one. And again, no disrespect, like I said, no disrespect to Cam Harris, no disrespect to Don Chaney, but Jalen Knighton gives you a completely different dynamic in the backfield. Um, and like I just mentioned too, you have Cody Brown, you have Dad Franklin. But this is where I kind of feel like maybe you see like a Bashar Smith maybe get thrown into the backfield a little bit more and using him in some different ways. Um, I also saw progress as far as from the quarterback perspective. You saw the difference from the first half to really the second half, how TVD looks like he settled in. Again, you're talking about really a – you can call him a redshirt freshman. That's fine, right? I mean, obviously he's just a freshman. But at the same time, I think the first half he was making – he was staring down receivers. The one interception that was tipped, you know, if you watched a replay on that, it looked like there was two receivers right in the same area. It was kind of like it just it was a, it was a bad, bad play from the beginning. Um, so what do you think about progress? Do you think, Paul, like Bird had asked me, do you think that there's – did you see progress going from the first half to the second half, and do you see that progress carrying over moving forward? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we've identified that the running back position unit, kind of an identity there, someone, our go-to guy offensively. Because in my opinion, I think Jalen Knighton was really carrying us offensively. And honestly, at the running back room, like we haven't had any burst of energy. Don Chaney is out for the season. I believe he tore his ACL against Alabama. Cam Harris really hasn't been able to get the ball rolling. I don't know what the issue is, but Jalen Knighton, man, he really is a plug-in player. Um, you know, the amount of cutbacks he was making, just his agility, his speed, he's an X factor offensively. I think if you situ situationally utilize him in the right areas of a football game, I think he can really be a special player. And I think that's what hopefully Miami can do moving forward with Jalen Knighton. We have a great football player in, in him. I think Tyler Van Dyke as a quarterback, look, he has a great arm. I would like him to get rid of the football a little bit quicker. There were a couple of times his, uh, decision-making was a little bit questionable. Maybe that comes with an underclassman quarterback. Is he going to utilize a lot of – going to need a lot of development? Absolutely. I'm all for that. Um, but I think he's a potential Power 5 starter. I think he's a quarterback you can work with uh, moving forward. Yeah. Bird, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I mean, to, to answer my own question here, I mean, I do think we saw we, – we've seen progress, right? I mean, you know, first game, you know, and, and I'm talking about progress for the whole season, right? So first game, you come out, I mean, you absolutely get, you know, your teeth knocked in against Alabama. Uh, you come in with an opportunity to rebound against App State. Um, you do from a perspective of you got the W, uh, but you look terrible doing it, um, especially to a team that uh, – yeah, you know, that's 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 got uh, that's got what pretty bad, uh, you know, in their own right when they played uh, against Billy Napier in Louisiana. Yeah, then you come back with the Michigan State game, right? Um, you know, again, a couple plays could have changed that outcome, but yeah, you know, the outcome's still the outcome, right? You know, it was a, it was a bad loss. You go up and beat off on or beat up on a um, 
you know, on a team that you're completely overmatching in central Connecticut. I mean, but still you build, build a little bit of momentum off that. Right. But you know, that's, that's kind of fool's gold. Anything you see on that game. Uh, then you go into the Virginia game, right? You know, opportunity to walk in and erase the first four, four games of the season. Um, and, you know, you, you lose a heartbreaker right off the off the foot of your your freshman kicker, you know. And we could have, you know, we can argue all day about you know how that game unfolded at the end, but you know we're better than those guys, right? Or at least we should be better than those guys, um, you know. And and we took the L to them. So then you come to this North Carolina game, right? And you know, it starts off, man. I mean, we were all watching, or we were watching the game together, man. And you know, it did not feel good at first, man. A lot of the same things, a lot of mistakes were being made. Um, you know, a lot of guys, especially the, you know, the veteran players that everybody's been screaming to get off the field are still out there making the same mistakes. Uh, you know, these guys are trying to uh, tackle people with a shoulder, which for the life of me, I just don't understand, especially out of older players, um, you know, that these guys just, they refuse to wrap up. Right. And I think, you know, everybody listening knows exactly who we're talking about on, on those two players. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but then the second half comes around to that UNC game. And I think you did see fight, right? I think you saw, you know, the offense really, you know, get out there and make some plays. Uh, I was really encouraged by what we what we saw with Jalen Knight. And obviously, uh, you know, he's a threat. I think he's the best running back on the team. I think, um, you know, I think he's going to be a, a stud for us down the stretch, uh, provided we use him right. Uh, I do agree with your thoughts on Brashard Smith, though. Um, you know, he's another guy. I mean, you know, one thing that this team has not done in 20 years, right, where – is is utilize our speed right you know we keep running these offenses that don't get that don't get guys in a position to to let us just beat you right off the ball right and uh yeah i mean you know it was a, it was a heartbreaking way to to lose the game there's no doubt about that but you know hey um you know you come to nc state and look i'm always going to pick us to win i'm never ever going to root for us to lose to, you know um so we'll see what happens this week so a couple things that caught my attention as you were speaking um, was a, like two things, right? So you bring up the, the kick that Andy had, uh, you know, clanked off the, the goalpost, right? Everybody was all up in arms because, oh, he should have went for the win, should have went for the win. You should have for the field goal, he makes the field goal. So then Manny, on the reverse roll in this game, decides to, hey, we're going to go for the win. This way, you know, you don't have to hear about, oh, man, you should have kicked the ball, or blah, blah, blah. Paul, do you see the opportunity – from the Virginia game, not going for the win per se and kind of settling for a field goal opportunity. And then you look at this game and you literally have another chip shot, but you, you know, again, it's third down 20 seconds left. You know, I think you're on maybe the eight, nine, 10 yard line, wherever you were. I agree with the play. I don't agree with the play call. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. I mean, absolutely. I mean, throwing in the middle of the field. I mean, you don't do that. Um, I don't know if that's on Van Dyke. If that was literally the play call, maybe that was, you know, the go-through receiver. That was his first read. On that play call, in my opinion, and this is something Brandon Merriweather touched up on, and I, we both agreed on it. I just had a show with him. Go with a fade route. Go for the end zone, man. Like, you go for the win. Like, you're on the road. We already experienced that in 2019, bubble backs and missing a field goal, too. Like, oh. You're on the road. Just go for the win. Get the hell <laughs> bing, out. Bing, bing, bing. I literally said that as, and if you want, Bert, can you pull up that while we're talking? Can you pull up that clip real quick? So when, when you look at that last play, it's literally a bunch formation as far as the defense. It was one on one on the outside a little bit before that. It was literally one. If, if they showed that the angle a little before that too, it's literally a one on one on the outside. 
Like, even if he catches the ball on the five-yard line, I don't know where the first down is going to be. But, man, like, just you take the shot to the outside of the field. Okay, right here. So, look, you're on the you're on the 16-yard line. You got to get to the – I mean, one-on-one up top, you you take that all day. Yeah. And if, it, if it's not there, the ball goes out of bounds, right? And then you settle for a field goal opportunity. So, again, I don't know if that was Rhett Lashley's call. I mean, obviously, the defender made a, a tremendous play. I don't know what Jakai was thinking right there. Again, your, your job is to get the guy down on the ground, not let him stand vertical and get his hands raised, right? So, again, to your point, Paul, don't know what the play call was. I, it kind of looks like an RPO right there, but you have no timeouts. So, yeah. you're literally making a bad decision. And, and, again, does that go back on TVD? But it was at the call. Like, you got to be able to see that and check out of that. That's how I feel. So, so having said all that, I still think that we saw some positives there. I think the offense was clicking. Um, the offense, I think, is going to get better based on, again, I think certain people um, being there. Jalen Knighton, I think, oh, don't even show me that play. Oh, my word. <laughs> so all right, let's talk about this play right here, Paul. Right off the beginning. Now, number one, I've, I've said this from the beginning of the season. Josh Downs is Carolina's biggest, biggest threat on offense. Take away Sam Howell, blah, blah, blah. But Josh Downs is the biggest threat, hands down. And then if you watch the one touchdown that he that he caught, um, you know, you have Gervin Hall, which is probably our worst cover guy. Oh, my God. And, and where's our speed at? Like, we have no speed. On this play here, Bubba and I'm not sure if it was – I think is, it was Keontre or right Corey. Right Corey. Go back to that. that yeah. Bubba Bolden pushes the Corey out of the way. Like, oh what are you doing? And you take yeah. the wrong – so if you're pushing him to the right, you need to slide to the left, yeah. right? Bird, go back on that real quick. Like, you literally run behind him and say, okay, I'm going to push you to the right, and I'm going to stay there. Like, don't you think that your job is to slide over so you have kind of two defenders in the path, but not us? Paul, what do you think on that play right there? What do you Break down that play and tell me what you see. Yeah, so hit, hit play real quick. I'm looking <laughs> at Keontre Smith real quick. I'm sorry. Let me get back a little bit more. No, it's fine. He's, Keontre was up you, top. You see, that's where the hole opens up. You see that? Look, you look, look, look who's covering the tackler on Keontre. That's where the hole opens up. He's yeah, going that's a tackle. Right, and he gets pushed out to the outside. And that's where the hole bursts up. And that's when all hell breaks loose right there is when Keontre is <laughs> trying to go on the inside. And their lineman pushes him out. And then yeah. you look at our secondary – Again, oh, yeah. Bubba, Bubba Lily pushes to go. So, and, and stop right there. So, so look at this. So, the running back is probably on the 46 yard line heading into Miami's end zone, right? Look at Gervin in the upper corner, probably on the 40, uh, what's it, that's 46. So, about on the 36, right? You look at, you see Gervin up top. Yeah, let's like, watch you, Gervin on there. What is, <laughs> why is he coming up? Bad angle, and then completely just gets toasted. So, his play should have literally be on an angle heading yeah. end zone direction. Not coming up, correct? I mean, I just I don't get it. I, I just man, why is he why is he on the field at this point? Is James Williams gassed, or they're just still playing him just to play him? So, and here's the thing: like we got about a minute and a half before we go to break, but we're definitely going to get into defense because, like, to me, that's that's really where I really want to focus tonight's show on is basically our defense because you know at the end of the day, you still gave up 45 points. Uh, there were some bad calls. I feel like going into the second half that really hurt Miami's, Miami's momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, some of the calls were legit. Some of the calls were like, man, it was questionable. You know, and I'll talk about one right now because we have about a minute. 
The first, the first roughing the the kicker that James Williams got, actually his teammates pushed him into the kicker, right? So you can't fault zero for that. Like he was pushed into the kicker. I still don't think that that was necessarily a a roughing the kicker type type call. But you went from a twenty four to ten game to where they ended up scoring a touchdown over there and moving it to twenty eight ten. I'm sorry, from twenty one. Well, no, that's right. Well, twenty eight ten. I think that's what it, was that right, Bird? They ended up going no. up four. They got yeah. So. You literally lost a four-point swing right there. And I love the way that James Williams plays. I, I love the fact the way he plays with his heart. But, man, Sam Howell killed us on third down. It seems like whenever there was a third down, third and long, third and six, third and seven, Sam Howell just said, look, I know your linebacker is going to be out of position. I'm just going to run the ball. And sure enough, that's exactly what we saw all game long. Um so, but we'll definitely get into the, the defense on the second half, the second segment, because we're getting ready to go to break here on the King Gang Radio Show. Give us a few minutes. We're chopping it up with the Birdman and from Paul from Scoop on the U. Special guest, as always, man. You know, he's part of the gang anyway. So we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowe. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your Social Security number or bank account or send money in any form cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Uh, 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 uh. 
we're back. You know, Bird and, and Paul, the good thing is like when we're doing these these shows via Zoom or StreamYard, you know, we can see each other. Paul, what's in your cup tonight? <laughs> it's like a white claw, honestly, with ice. <laughs> <laughs> a white claw with ice. Bird, what you got on tap right now? <laughs> I'm drinking some water, man. Really? You got water? Plain water? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I have left and went and got some dinner. And then I end up getting me this big old strawberry banana smoothie. So <laughs> I'm surprised it's not a Pepsi, man. Every time I see you, you got a you got a Coke or a Pepsi in your hand, so, man. So before we get going into the second segment and breaking down the defense, which I'm really not excited about doing. So obviously we had Grayson's uh, fourth birthday party, bro. I had so much soda on Saturday. I I, I just I don't even know like how much I drank and probably just killed my kidneys. Um, but it was a lot. I mean, it just, that's my problem. I drink way too much soda. So I'm trying to get off of that. So I appreciate you bringing that up bird and let me know that I'm not drinking a Pepsi. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. So, so when we go back, we talk about the defense. There's a couple things like we mentioned right before we went to break, like some of the penalties you look at it. So Paul, you look at that, that roughing the passer call on Zach McLeod on second and 10. Um, like what, what is he supposed to do there? Because to me, that is a pure tackle. Like I think the I think the referee made it a comment. He he landed his whole body weight on him. The quarterback's in a throwing motion, running forward. Yeah. What are you supposed to do there? Do you think that those type of penalties are hurting the game, or should it be? Let me ask you this: Should there be some discretion, and should there be able to review something like that as like a targeting call? Do you think they're able to? They should be able to review that. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice for the the play to get reviewed. I mean, it shouldn't have been a penalty. You know, the only thing I can think of is like, listen, like I understand like getting to the quarterback, roughing him up, maybe right after he throws the football, you can't really pull out. But I mean, if it's to a point where, you know, like I, I think it was an awful call, but like if it's to a point where like you acknowledged like the ball is out of his hand, he's thrown it like, just do you have like just go light on him i guess you know like don't tackle him to the ground like you know you don't have to like throw him to the ground per se i guess maybe that could be the band-aid to it instead of facing a penalty don't make it look as bad as maybe it was but ultimately i don't think it should have been a penalty but like if you can just stop your forward motion of tackling him you know and just acknowledge the ball's out of his hand then you know maybe that could be the band-aid to the situation but it's 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 an awful situation in football right now, and I don't think anyone has an answer. So, so Bird, I, you and I both agree that that call is Zach McLeod was just a bad oh, call. Oh. Now the now the James Williams roughing the passer, Lily. Again, I think that's just a freshman well, he, mistake. He, he literally threw him, he threw him, he threw him yeah. to the ground. He, he yeah, threw that, him to the ground. So that's definitely yeah. a penalty. Like to me, with that penalty, if you go and you add anything extra to it, like you twist, you like actually like try to you know. Uh, try to add to the hit, that's when that should get called. But all Zach did, he came up to him, I mean, in, in a split second after that ball was out of his hand, man, he's he's putting him down, man. So, you know what so, I mean? He, he didn't, he didn't like, twist him. He didn't throw him on the ground or anything like that, man. So. Let me ask you guys this. As a defensive player, right, and I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there, how do I know that when you're in that throwing motion, you're not trying to get me to jump as like a pump fake and then you're going to tuck and run? So when I see that Zach Zach actually was going into the quarterback as the ball was coming out of his hand, there's nothing he could have done there. Obviously, this is hypothetical, not changing the outcome, blah, blah, blah. But that makes it a third and 10. 
and you're literally they're on on Miami's on their own side of the the fifty at that point. Like that was a momentum type swing because I think they ended up going down and scoring a touchdown on that drive, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. those are things I think that hurts like the integrity of the game. Like you have these officials that are completely changing the you know changing the outcomes of games. And I'm not saying it was all the officials, but there was just some bad calls that I felt like like went against Miami. But you got to you got to put yourself in a position not to get those calls as well. Um, one thing that really bothered me on the, on the defense side of the ball, the one play where Sam Howell—I don't know if Bird, you could pull it up—the one the one play where Sam Howell scampered in, in the end zone and he bounced off like five people. Yeah, it was in the second half, right? Correct. Fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God! Please pull that up. No, it was <laughs> fourth quarter because Miami was going the other way. It had to be the fourth quarter. That was atrocious, guys. Like, yeah, well, I'm looking for it. No one. I mean, yeah. he, it was third. Uh, yeah, I think it was third and seven. You know, it's. I think it was third and seven, but I just don't understand like the tackling again. Like someone mentioned earlier, is you know you just want a shoulder tackle. Like whatever happened to just wrapping wrapping up, grabbing him by the ankles, doing something, you know. But there's one one thing in particular that I want to talk about. If, if when Bird you pull this up. It's going to be uh, – it's not going to be – well, this is that. Is this a Zach McLeod one? No, not this no, one. No, that's, 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 the, that's the run. Another no, pinball. No, one. no, I don't want this that's one. That's a different one, yeah. Oh, that's well, a different well, one he ran in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go, so look at this. Oh, you, you moved it. Go, can you go back just a hair for me real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that play. I want to see what down it was when he ran that. Because this is what's getting third me. Third and six. Third and six. And my man runs 30 yards. Mr. Okay, that yeah. was James Williams. That was James Williams. It's Just try to throw your shoulder into it, right? Like, at the end of the day, you tackle them. You know, who knows what happens? But you literally give it an opportunity for them to, to score. No, Bird, go go to towards the end of the game. I think it, it was a, it was a last touchdown. Uh, Should be there next touchdown. Right here. Stop it right here. Stop it real quick. Stop it. Ah. Look All at right. the line, too. Let's run that one back here. All, All right, right here comes. stop it right there. All right, so let's look at this defense. Like you got – you, it looks like you're only rushing two guys. Or maybe you're rushing three guys, three. right, Paul? You're rushing three. three. Well, you're rushing actually, three and dropping eight. I, yeah, this guy, I think he's playing as like a spy in the back. I think we just rushed three. That could be a linebacker, yeah. Okay, and then what happens is the tackle or the guard gets out onto the second level. So, yeah, yeah. so you're rushing three. three. Watch, watch the left guard. He pulls out and grabs Amari. Amari spins out of that. You got Takori Couch on the bottom. I don't know. Um, James Williams slipped originally, right? So let, let's go. Bounce, 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 bounce. Oh I mean, look, DJ Ivy pushed him in the end zone. Okay, <laughs> now, but this is what I want to talk about. Like, play that. Now, look, go, go back just a couple seconds. They probably won't show the whole thing. So, Paul, analyze this. So, look at James Williams on, um, on the top. He's coming over, right? Yep. But Burr, stop it right. Keep going and stop it right there. Right. Stop it right there. You know, you're good right there. So look at the left guard. He's actually in James Williams' face. And then obviously because of he hitting Sam Howell. But if you watch this play unfold, there were seven guys that came over to James Williams and got in his mug, and yet nobody else on the defensive side of the ball came Terrible. to help James Williams. I think it's just the signs of a broken team, a divided locker room, you know. The team's kind of given up. Like, we're down again in a football game. It's late in the fourth quarter. 
we're going to lose another football game. You know, the, it's a defeated team. That's the way I see it. If one of your teammates is alone on an island and there's literally seven UNC players in front of him, where's the help? Where's the urgency to help your teammate? Where's the fight? And that's where I see it as a football team that just doesn't have a pulse anymore. Once again, they said we're losing in a football game late in the fourth quarter. We're probably going to take a loss. That's the way I see it. So, and, and to your point, 100%. So, Bird, obviously, you're, I'm no, I know your answer. Who does this <laughs> fall on? Like, legitimately, who does this fall on? Well, I mean, look, any, anytime your results, good or bad, you're, the head coach is accountable for the performance of the team. That's, you know, I mean, look, and that's not a, that's not a going at Manny's jugular or anything. That's a, that's a fact that rings true across any program, college, professional, high school, the performance of the team, the person who's accountable to it is your coach. Okay. So Paul, I'm going to ask you this question too, but I'm going to spin it. Watching that defense, the defense of performance on the field, who else would you say is responsible? We know Manny's calling the D, but obviously there's different aspects of the defense. Right. I, I look, there's another, there's another person in there that I feel I like should get a lot of blame on this one too. And Paul, you see if you got a name for me. I mean, at the end of the day, Travaris Robinson's our DBs coach. Look at our DBs, how they're tackling. They're using their forearms, their shoulders at times to tackle players like, where I mean, that's not that's just nothing outside of fundamentals. Whatever happened to wrapping up, you know, that you have to take accountability in that in that instance with Travaris Robinson. Because in my opinion, like our defensive backs, they weren't good under Rump, but they're not really looking good right now this season. Oh, and, I, I'm glad you said that, and I don't mean to cut you off, but see, this is where I'm going. Everybody wants to blame Diaz because he's a defensive coordinator. But when you look at perspective of, of positions, our DBs, I feel, have gotten worse. And, and again, everybody wanted to go at Mike Rump because, oh, Mike, you know, your DBs are horrible. But again, you're only as good as your players, right? You bring in a Tyreek Stevenson. Obviously, he missed the first half of the game because of the targeting in Virginia. Um, but again, you don't really see the continuity, the chemistry, the dog mentality from our DBs. But another position I want to talk about is our linebackers. What is oh. John, what is John Packy? What is he doing? Like, I don't know. I can understand our defensive line. I mean, obviously look, Harvey made a phenomenal play, you know, a la Greg Rousseau, um, you know, and, and again, that's probably been our best defensive play bird. Would you think that's our best defensive play of the year? Oh my God. Yeah. It's the best, best defensive play probably <laughs> the last three years. Cause it's the only one where we had a turnover with a score. I think since eight, 18, 18 was the last time we had, we had a, a pick game. six. Yeah, that's so, ridiculous. Like, what? So, Paul, I mentioned this last week. Would you agree with this statement? We literally have a G5 coaching staff and a Power 5 conference. Uh, Well, you know, it's funny you said that because a lot of our coaches came from the G5. Garen Justice came from UNLV. Brett Lashley came from SMU. Um, Rob Likens came from Arizona State. Uh, Coach Fields came from the ACC or Oregon, I believe, from Louisville. He was in Oregon. So I think he was from Oregon 50-50 there. Yeah, I mean, Packy, who, I think he came from like Grambling State, to be honest. Um, I mean, so it's like 50-50. We have G5, and it's mixed with Power 5 former coaches. Honestly, but I'll tell you this, like, honestly, like we're not an SEC coaching staff. We're not a big 10 coaching staff. 
we're kind of just where we are right now in our coaching staff, middle of the road ACC program that's sub 500. Um, we don't have a killer coaching staff, and that shows in recruiting, that shows in development. I think we're fairly put in the recruiting rankings where our coaching staff stands, and that's 59th in the nation. Yeah. Now you look at somebody, look at the Conference USA, I believe they're Conference USA. Look at Cincinnati and what they're doing. Like they're literally number two in the country. Last year, they were really well. Luke Fickle, I think, is really changing the, the dynamic of, of the Cincinnati program. And again, a lot of the kids that are from the Cincinnati area, the Ohio area, that aren't going to go to Ohio State, he's like, by all means, you don't have to go to Ohio State. You can come here. So I think he's building something really special out there. I don't necessarily think he leaves. If he does, you know, maybe there's a reason why. But at the same time, why would you leave? I look at that type of coaching staff as far superior with with less talent in Cincinnati that you have in Miami. And you're number two in the country right now. Bird, talk to me. Well, if he leaves, he's leaving for a Big Ten job. Like, and it's probably Penn State if uh, if if James Franklin takes the the USC or uh, LSU job, right? But I mean, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I mean, you know, I agree with you on the on the coaching staff stuff, right? And I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not out here like, hey, burn the house down, fire the guy. You know, I mean, I think we're probably at the point where we're going to have him for the rest of the year, and I'm still in the thing of like, hey, you know, you control your own fate here, man. <laughs> you know, like you gotta. You know, you basically got to win out for any any shred of hope of keeping this job, right? And you know, we all know just from seeing the way that things have gone that that's most likely not going to happen, <laughs> right? So, I mean, you know, you're accountable to it, man. You're accountable to the performance of the team. You're you're accountable to the way that the team practices, right? So, you know, are you out there making the force of these guys to tackle the right way? No, but you are accountable for making sure that things are happening in practice. You know, these guys know, like, these guys are, are teachable, right? Like, this is this is something that's happening where, you know, they're not being prepared for whatever reason. And maybe it's practice habits. Maybe it's – but that's but that, but that starts at the top as well, right, Paul? You yes. would think your practice habits – again, where's your leadership? Where's your senior leadership? Where's your captains? What are they doing? You know, right. where's – is the former alumni not being able to come and talk to these kids? You know, I don't know what the problem is, but you would think that – with the, the amount of alumni that the University of Miami has, as far as credible alumni, Hall of Fame alumni, I mean, hell, you have Ed Reed sitting on the sideline. Could you imagine what he's even thinking right now? You know, watching yeah. like the tackling and things like that. But yeah. is Manny not allowing some of these guys to come back to just talk to these kids? I think he's he's allowing people. I I can't you know talk about Ed Reed, but I don't think Ed Reed's really that involved with the program as people think. I think he's just, hey, you want to come to a practice? You can come to a practice. You want to stay on our sidelines? Great, but like you're not gonna like implement your opinion, and you're not gonna be the alpha. And you know you're you're not gonna be if if you want to go left, I want to go right. I'm gonna go right, and our old team's gonna go right. I'm, we're not gonna listen to you per se. You know. I'll, I, if I want to listen to, I'll, I, I will ask you if I want to listen to you. I think that's the position Ed Reed's on, in. And I think it's kind of just a saving face thing. Ed Reed's chief of staff. I didn't want Alonzo Highsmith here. So that's why I got Ed Reed, you know, someone who's not going to try to fire me. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, Manny, he's lost the alumni base. And I don't think alumni even care to help out because he's already lost it. I've interviewed several former NFL players, several former alumni. I've never heard someone say a positive thing about Manny Diaz. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think you know some of the some of the recruiting stuff with them has been a little bit of a smokescreen as well too. You know, like where you know he's not, you know, he's not as involved as what we might think he is with with talking to parents or rec- prospective recruits and whatnot, right? So, I don't know what he, what he can and can't do as chief of staff. Like, I still don't know the whole the whole logistics of what he can and can't do, even when he's on the sideline. Because technically, I don't think he can coach, so I don't know how that plays out, but. When I go to games, I see players walking up to him, talking to him. So is he giving them insight, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, we got to go to break, Bird. Take us a break, and we'll be right back. All right, you listen to the Can Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio, channel 145. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad though. idea to do that. I didn't cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good, good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really 
that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can, and the word don't is the word do, and the word won't is the word one, and in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, carrigo. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Chain Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. So a couple of things that were positive this weekend, and, and let me just touch on this before we continue to, to drown in our sorrows with the University of Miami. So good for the Washington football team. And I know it was kind of like a last-minute type thing, but obviously retiring, you know, the late, great Sean Taylor's number 21. Um, I thought that was really, really important, and I thought that that was uh, – I respect him from that. Did you see how Chase Young actually taped up his face mask? To, to, yeah, that was to, dope. That that was that's mad respect right there, yeah. you know, you know, because if you go back and watch Sean, and, and I'm saying this with a 20 percent confidence level, you see the way James Williams plays. It's the same way that Sean played, and Paul, you and I go back, you know, probably a little bit longer than Bird does. Um, but Bird, did you watch Sean play? Yeah, of course, man. Okay. Come on. Oh, you just didn't go, you just didn't go to like your first game was the Orange Bowl or something. No, 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 no. I've I've been to been to games sporadically before. Okay, that. Okay. I mean, I've 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 watched Sean play uh, two or three times live. Twenty six on the record. Twenty six years old. So yeah, who's that? You, Paul? Yeah, I'm twenty six. <laughs> okay, <record. laughs> around the record. But when you watch Sean play, like you can see the same type of instincts that James is coming with. Would you agree with that statement, or do you think I'm kind of being pushing a little too far right now? As a freshman, when Sean was a freshman. I mean, as uh, it's a tough, uh, it's a it's a lengthy comparison, man. The one of the size wise. I mean, the measurements are there. It's just you know, like you have to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Because I think even, there's only one Sean Taylor, you know. There, there is, but and I never want to compare anybody to 26. But yeah. the way that I watch him play, it reminds me of a young Sean Taylor. He's yeah. not afraid to get in your face. He's not afraid to take you know a careless penalty. You know, if that's what's going to try to get the team kind of motivated, like that's what the type of thing that I'm looking at through James Williams, where that's what I saw with Sean too. And, and you got to remember, Sean made a lot of mistakes when he was young. You know, mm-hmm. he had, I mean, think about it. The Tennessee game and, and 03, he, he dropped a punt. We ended up losing that game, right? That's not really a mistake, but it's, it happens, right? The biggest mistake I think Sean made was in the 02 Fiesta Bowl. You catch the, you intercept the ball in the end zone and you want to take it back out. You're a former running back. You got to switch the ball, put it in your outside arm. Maurice Claret comes, strips the ball from Sean. Ohio State gets the ball right back, scores a touchdown. You know, but again, 
you you can't fault Sean. He was trying to make a play. And that's where I think James is doing the same thing. He's trying to make a play to help his team. Yeah. You know, two things on, on James, right? Number one, you know, I really want to see what he looks like after a year in a college strength and conditioning program, right? And he because I mean he's you know he's doing what he's doing right now on a really thin frame, right? I mean, the kid's tall as can be. Uh, so once he really starts, you know, getting his body into, you know, elite shape, you know, that that's really going to be scary. You know, the other thing, going back to what we were talking about with Ed Reed earlier, you know, if, if having Ed does one thing, like during the games, I sit Kinchins, Avante, and James Williams standing around Ed, I, you know, right the whole time. So that way he can communicate a little bit, not as a coach, because I know he's not allowed to coach, but he can point out certain instinctive things to these guys and help, you know, lead them and put them in the right right place. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most important thing. You have to be able to take the knowledge that somebody has, and that knowledge is somebody who's in the Hall of Fame, and you have to be able to absorb it like a sponge. Stand there. You know, if Ed reads that water, you need to be that sponge. You need to soak all that information up to move forward. Paul, what do you think? Was was Sean Taylor's coach uh, Mark Stoops? Yes. You know, yes. I, I just hope like James Williams like gets the appropriate coach, coaching supervisor. So, so you say that, right? Mm-hmm. So now you look at we have T Rob. T Rob is you know, and, and most people's eyes, T Rob was night and day, you know, hands down, so much better than Mike Rumpf. Blah blah blah, right? Because well, Banda, correct. Right. But well, Banda was more of the safeties coach. Yeah, and T, I mean, well, so T Rob is more secondary, and then DVD Correct. is now cornerbacks coach. So. Okay, then why are people going at DVD now? Because at the end of the day, to Corey, Ivy, I mean, obviously, Blades is hurt. You're going to see Marcus Clark this weekend. Like, why don't more people go at the coaches the way that they went at former coaches, right? So, but you're right. So, Mark Stoops, he had him from 01 to 03. If I look at what's his name, JC Horn, who went to South Carolina with the first round pick, right? Yeah. But again, is it is it on the player or is it on the coach? Because Paul, let me ask you this, and I and I've asked this to, to, to numerous people. You talk about Rob liking. So you're talking about a wide receiver coach. What is a wide receiver coach teaching you? Yeah, I mean that that's a great question because you know, for example, Charleston Rambo, like he has his personal trainer, his wide receiver coach that he's had since sixth grade, Margin Hooks, who's also Denzel Mims, a wide receiver coach, also Ashton Kozar, who's like a four or five star recruit that has Miami in his top eight. He's his coach. I mean, he has all these great talents. So, like, I feel like a wide receivers coach is kind of like a recruiting position because James Coley was, like, the wide receivers coach at Georgia, I believe. So, primarily to recruit and, like, I guess small things maybe, I mean, to help you out on your route running or something. I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I don't, like, what else do you coach at, like, that level, you know? I think it's just a recruiting position. Well, and that's, that's where I'm trying to figure out, even yeah. with, like, a T-Rob. Like, what are you teaching these kids that they haven't learned, you know, through high school or, you know, obviously through with Mike Rump? Like, what are you learning new from DVD that you didn't learn from Mike Rump? Because 21, he ain't learning crap. I don't know what he's thinking. Well, you you got to think about this, man. You know, I think a lot of these guys, you know. I mean, who's to say the coaching that they got and that they learned the right things on the way up, right? So I think the position coach is really focused on, uh, you know, on technique and making sure that the guys are, are are doing, you know, the right things from a fundamental standpoint, right? Um, and then they're also kind of staying close and in a mentorship capacity. Most of them have either 
played or been close to that position in their time as players and whatnot. So, you know, I think they're there to really stay close to the guys and to keep them, you know, to keep their, to sharpen their skill sets. Right. So that's, that's what a, a, a position coach should do. It doesn't mean it's happening, but that's what a position coach should do. Okay. Cause all I'm saying is our position coach, let's talk about Jonathan Packett, our linebackers <laughs> trash. Let's talk about, our wide receivers right now. Was it? I'm giving them a D. Do you think that's a fair grade? Our wide receivers? For the wide receivers? Paul? Uh, I just like yeah. I think it's the offense, man. Like I think Rambo, like he's like just give him the football. Like he had ten receptions against Michigan State in the first half. Like Correct. We, and you didn't and you didn't feed him after that. Exactly. No. You know, I mean, Restrepo, I think if you give him the ball more, he'll do well. Like Mike Harley last year was our go to receiver and now he's I don't even know what he is, to be honest. You know, I just think it's the offense, really. And I look at Keyshawn Smith. Man, he took a he took a hit the other day, bounced right back up. Like again, these are guys that need the ball in their hands. And, and I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like, do you think that? Let me let me let me phrase this the right way. Even though Jake will probably be back in a couple of weeks, do you think this is TVD's team for the rest of the season? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think this is TVD's team. I mean, he just came out of ankle surgery. I don't know how severe or how minor it was, but I think Tyler Van Dyke's going to be the guy the rest of the way. Yeah. Well, Jake, Jake's ankle was kind of uh, similar to who else had the same type of uh, surgery? Um, hold on here. Uh, there's a there's a specific there's a specific uh, injury. It's 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 not a common one that he that what he had here. So. If you give me one, if you come back to me in one second, I'll yeah. be able to tell you. But so when I'm when I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about that type of you know progression with TVD as far as confidence and, and mantra, um, I don't see any way because you you're only going to get better with reps. You're only going to get better with with game time performance and game time you know playing opportunities. Um, obviously, I think King is done. I don't think King's coming. Obviously we know he's done for the year, but I don't see King coming back here for another year. Right. So going into spring, you know, depending on what happens the rest of the season, like who knows if TVD can, like, just literally turns this thing around and Miami goes on a six game winning streak, which could happen. The coastal is pretty garbage all in all. I think Pitt's probably your best team in the coastal, like on, on paper. Um, but man, Miami has the athletes and they have the talent to, to run the table. If they run the table and go to a bowl game, whether it's – I mean, that's going to be a mediocre bowl game. We all know that. If they make a bowl game, you still need First four more wins. W- whatever, right? As long as it's not like the Alamo Bowl or whatever it is in El Paso. No, no, the, the Sun Bowl in El the Paso. Sun bowl. Oh, God, Just, please, please no. no. So, please no. you know, this is where it's going to be a quarterback competition going into spring. Now, Paul, you're real big on recruiting. You got Jacory, you got Jacory Brown coming in next season. Do you think someone like Jacaria Brown has an opportunity to come in and maybe start at Miami as a freshman? Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting Manny Diaz to be our head coach next season. So. Why not? No, I, I think so. I don't think he will be. I, I think it's the end is near. I think he's a dead man walking. Well, that, that'll be another discussion, obviously. But if I'm thinking of a new offensive coordinator, new offensive game plan, I think it's wide open. Um, I think Tyler Van Dyke has the edge because you have more film on him. Therefore, right, Garcia right. and Jacoby Brown have to do a lot better than Van Dyke uh, during spring and fall camp. 
I don't think I think Jacuri Brown will be on the outside looking in, and I think it'll be a Tyler Van Dyke Jacobs contest. I mean, unless Jacuri Brown just like turns heads, and it's like we have something special. Like this is yeah. our guy, and we're going with him. Like screw everyone else. To me, this is 100% Jake's, or excuse me, TVD's team, right? Like 100% going forward, unless, you know, God forbid he gets injured or, you know, or he very significantly struggles, right? Could you uh, imagine so if he got injured? But you got Peyton Matoka playing starting yeah. quarterback or Ryan Rizzi. Or at Ryan Rizzi. I mean, it's yeah. the writing's on the wall, also, man. Yeah, I think this is also like, you know, the, the best thing for Jake, though, is is to sit and is to learn this year, right? I think I think Tyler got the opportunity to do that last year. I think it's good for guys to get in and, and get used to the, you know, get used to a season and go through ups and downs and 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 learn and see and observe and, you know, sit in meetings and, and learn and grow before they get thrown out there, right? Um, doesn't mean if we get into a point where, you know, there's either mop-up duty or, you know <laughs> – Hey, if, if we're actually blowing somebody out that, you know, he doesn't get in there and get, you know, a few series worth of work, that's good for you. But, you know, I think the best thing, you know, come in, sit, learn, right. And then come in the spring, right. You open that, that quarterback room wide up and you say, Hey, you know what, Jacuri, you're here too. You know, Matoka, whoever, you know, come in and, and earn the job. Right. I think every year, unless you have like a, a, a surefire Heisman candidate and maybe even not because you're seeing the Spencer Rattler, Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams situation, you know, to me, if I'm coaching a team, look, every job is open every year. And, you know, if you're a Heisman guy, you know, hey, you you better perform to keep your job. Because if there's a guy who's back there who's better than you, I'm not scared to bench you. So having said that, someone like Spencer Rattler, I mean, I think he ended up going back home, maybe goes to Arizona State, goes somewhere, you know, back out west. Um, what not is here. that? What is that? No, no. I, <laughs> no. Paul, what, what does that do for someone's confidence? I mean, obviously, you're you're really a two year starter, right? You started last year. You got a couple of bad games. I mean, do, what do you do there? Like, do you just? To me, that's where I feel like people are losing. Like, go out there and compete. Get your job back. Like at the end of the day, what if Caleb Williams gets hurt? And now, now what do you do? Right. Same no. thing with like TVD. If TVD goes down right now, again, we're Miami's in a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's not many. I think Baker Mayfield probably was one quarterback as a freshman. He started some games and, you know, didn't get some playing time. Other games ended up transferring. Transfer. To point. Yeah, because you – I mean, you're, you're a starting quarterback and, like, it's like baseball, right? Like, you're in the game, you're out the game. Like, you don't get into a rhythm or, like, you're in some drives, you're outside of some drives. Like, you don't get into a rhythm as a quarterback. If you're on the sidelines one game – next game you're you're starting it's like every year there's no confidence it's like am i starting this week am i not am i the leader there's no identity so you know it, it's tough to come back from that and you know to get back into a game especially if you're not like mentally going into a football game okay i'm not starting this game and then second half is like you're in let's go and you're like shoot like yeah. i honestly felt like just literally just uh daydreaming this game and just getting over it with it picking what squad I want to transfer to. And it's like, you got to win a football game now. So that's the way I see it. It's definitely tough. Right. And again, that's going, but I like how Lincoln Riley is not afraid to pull the trigger. Say, look, man, we're struggling yeah. on offense. I'm going to go with the good guy. The, well, the hot hand, I'm going to try something new. Look at Florida. They bench Emory Jones and then bring in Anthony Richardson. And he literally looks so much better than Emory Jones. Burry, yeah, go ahead. We only got, we got two minutes. Yeah, I know. I got it. Right. <laughs> you always think I'm not watching, man. I'm watching. <laughs> make, sure, make sure you're checking the clock. 
No, you know, the, the thing that I was going to say that I hate, though, man, is that, you know, the midseason transfer portal, guys, like, you know, ride it out through the year. You don't know what's, you know, what, know what's going to happen, right? So the guys that, I mean, it just every time you see them go in, it looks like they're quitting on the team, <laughs> you know, like either go in at the end of the year or, you know, but if just, you have just can- wait. But if, but if you have guys that could potentially be a cancer to your team, like, bro, pound sand, keep it moving, kick rocks, hit the portal. Like now we just find out that Pope and Wiggins are going to, you know, hit the portal. Okay, well, you guys are – I don't want to call you guys cancers, but at the same time, like, you're putting yourself before the team. You know, you're making a decision to say, well, you know what, screw it. And, and I said this a couple years ago. I had a friend named, uh, you know, uh, Charles Perry, played linebacker, number 34, good friends with him. Um, he felt like he was getting a, 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 like a, a bad sh- – excuse me, a bad shake. And I'm like, look, man, he's like, I'm thinking about quitting the team. I'm like, don't quit the team. I'm like, you're just not quitting your team. You're quitting on your brothers. You're quitting on people that you committed with and, you know, your, your class that you came in with. You know, that's something that you're going to have to live with the rest of your life, you know. And, you know, he decided to, you know, wasn't happy and, you know, ended up leaving the team. And, like, I, I just couldn't do that. Like, and, again, that's just me speaking from personally. Like, I made that commitment. I would not say, you know what, hey, at the end of the day, you're getting a free education at the University of Miami. You know what? So what if you're not getting playing time? Chances are, if you're in that position where you want to transfer, you're probably not making it to the league anyway, right? You know, let's yeah. let's talk. So you might as well just sit there, grind it, go to practice, get your get your letters, and, you know, and and have a good time in college. You know, now you're going to transfer. Where are you going to transfer to? Who's going to want you? you they're going to see the bad sportsmanship. They're going to see the bad attitude. Like, who's really going to want you? Nope. Just just saying. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. So. Anyway, I know we're getting ready to come up to the break, getting ready to finish this first hour. Um, you listen to the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Slam Radio, shout out to the Amigo, shout out to Frank, shout out to everybody else out there in Miami in the 305. Yeah. Oh, and a uh, happy birthday oh. shout out to the quarterback, Jake Garcia. Oh, yeah, one time for him. And then TVD's birthday was yesterday, so shout out to okay. TVD as well. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two nigga Manuela Pola too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuela Pola? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees 
Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General, at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva, la potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second hour of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM, channel 145 Slam Radio. Um, obviously, you know, recapped a little bit about the UNC game with Paul. You know, always great to have him on, get his perspective on it, Bird. But some things that I, I just – that I was looking at when, when I started to think about, like, how did we lose that game, right? I looked at a couple of things. Sam Howell only threw for 154 yards. Um, you know, obviously he had the two touchdowns. And the one touchdown, that little quick slant to, to Josh Downs, and he literally just, you know, kind of cut up and – you know, I, I'm not a big proponent of giving the quarterback those type of stats when it's a, like a little five-yard pass and the guy takes it 40, 50 yards. Same thing with like Jalen Knighton on that swing pass, right? TVD gets the, you know, 50, 60 yards or whatever it was, you know. But um, but when you think about Sam Howell, and again, 17 for 26, 154, two TDs and one interception. Um, yeah. Obviously, he had a decent running game. Uh, Chandler had Ty Chandler had 104 yards. Sam Howell actually is what I think what killed us. He still ran. He had 17 carries for roughly 100 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's where Miami has to get back as far as, and I think that falls on your linebackers. Your linebackers got to be able to stop the quarterback. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, you know it, it is on the linebackers to, to to slow down the QB, man. And you know uh, how, man. It's just you know we almost walked into that thing knowing how it was going to torture us, man. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? I, I mean honestly, like, and he's done that. Last year, they really had with, – with Williams and Carter, they had the rushing attack. He threw the ball downfield a couple times last year, obviously, with Newsom and Brown. But literally, they don't have the explosiveness as far as players to really beat a lot of people. So, yeah. they poor tackling – and again, we can stress this. It's been from day one. Poor tackling contributes to the losses at the University of Miami. And until they figure out how to tackle, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. No, 100%, man. We – uh it's it's mind numbing, man. It's like I don't know how these guys go out there and they expect just to 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 tap somebody and knock them over. You know, it's like we just keep doing the same thing over and over again, man. You know, and you look at their receiving. I mean, obviously, their average. Listen to the averages, and I just pulled up the stats. Josh Down was eleven for ninety six for an eight point seven average. Uh, Green had one catch for forty one yards, but again, Ty Chandler two for seventeen for eight and a half. Um, Copenhaver one for two, Walston one for one, and DJ Jones one for minus three. Like, no, they, they didn't even they didn't even go to uh, to to Josh Downs in the second half, man. I think he had I, nine or ten by halftime. Correct. 
So, and I feel again now, look what happened. Second half, again, you brought back Tyreek Stevenson, who was suspended for the first half, right? So mm-hmm. that changed perspectives. But you got to know going into that game who your two playmakers are that are going to try to beat you. One is Sam Howell, and the other one was Josh Downs. And until they figure that out, now, now you have NC State. But before we do that, let's look at Miami stats real quick. Obviously, the first half was just abysmal. You would agree with me on that one, right? Just abysmal. Sure. But TBD still went, man, bro, 20 for 45. You're, you're 40% for 264 yards, one touchdown on a swing pass, and three picks. Two picks were, were bought with tips, you know what I mean? So, And, and I'm, a, I'm a big proponent. I can spit it up. I'm a big proponent of sometimes, even in the NFL, you know, receiver catches the ball, goes through his hands, you know, it's, it's a tip ball. You know, that, and that falls on the quarterback. I don't think that the quarterback should have to suffer, you know, a tip ball as far as getting that on their on their resume. Right, 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 right. But, again, you were 20 for 45 for 264. Um, you know, you look at the running game, obviously, uh, Jalen Knight in 17 for 92 for 5.4. But, you know, Keyshawn Smith, 7 for 73. Jalen Knight in 2 for 73. Harley, 3 for 36. Restrepo, 2 for 36. This is what baffles me. Charleston Rambo is your most explosive wide receiver. Four catches for 35 yards. And Buddy is always open, man. Always. <laughs> I, I just I don't get it. This is where it starts to, you know, well, it start. Uh, so so here's 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 the things. I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute this to a couple of things, right? Okay. The, the thing that that absolutely blows my mind on this staff, right? That just makes zero sense, right? There's a lot of things to a lot of people, but to me, the thing that just absolutely kills me. How do you not have any actual assistant coaches up in the booth, man? I think we have Coop up there, and I don't even know who's up there on offense. They're probably just grad assistants, right, I'm assuming? No, like every successful team, every team period, successful or unsuccessful, you see those guys upstairs, right, that are plotting, that are scheming, that are watching what's, you know, that are watching what's going on and that are calling the next plays out, man. It's just – it's mind-baffling to me that they – but they don't do that, you know? I think that would give – if Rhett Lashley is going to call the, the game from the sideline, then there has to be somebody up above, to your point, that is seeing the mismatches, that is seeing Rambo one-on-one. Let's go back to that last play. Rhett Lashley makes that call, and the GA or whoever's up, you know, up in the box says, hey, Rhett, that's not a good play call. We need to probably take a shot one-on-one on the outside. Who's making these calls? Because at the no. end of the day, like – Somebody legitimately missed that last call. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, a hundred percent, man. Like you cannot, uh, you cannot win without having somebody seeing the big picture and identifying what the other teams are doing. It's, it just absolutely is beyond me that we don't have anybody upstairs. <laughs> Same thing with defense, right? Like, like Manny can't be up in the box because he's got to call the no. defense. But again, it goes back to who's up in the box and yeah. who's seeing the assignments Who's seeing the the mismatches? Who's seeing our linebackers out of position? Did you see the article that came out? I think it was yesterday. It was a tweet, I think, by Manny Navarro, um, talking about Sam Brooks. And they said when when Sam when they feel comfortable with Sam Brooks, they'll put him in. Did you see that tweet? Yeah. And then we have a lot of faith in, in Sam, but you know, we're just you know, we're just not there yet with him or something along those lines, man. But at the end of the day, he's probably your best linebacker. Bro, I know that 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 uh that Louisiana Tech game, man, he was the only player that showed up for that bowl game that we lost. 
and he was all over the damn field, man. I think he had like 14 tackles in that game. And we don't ever play the guy, and you're oh, he's not he's not there yet, bro. <laughs> you're telling me 44 is 17 is 11 is well, let, so um, let, let's talk about another one that I think you had mentioned to me. Bubba Bolden says he feels oh. like he's playing good. Once you become a good player in other coaches' minds, teams start to game plan around you. Sometimes for me, it's frustrating for me not to be able to make those plays. I just want to win. That's my main thing. Yeah, they're game planning around you, buddy. They're game planning right at and over and around you. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, you. I read that, and, and, it, and it makes me sit there and be like, hmm, okay. How do you say that, that they're running right at you? What we see, and again, you're pushing your teammate in front of you so you don't have to make a tackle. Like, bro, I, I just don't know sometimes – Who's first of all, who's allowing these kids to answer some of these questions that are being thrown to them? <laughs> SID I, department. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, our friends, <laughs> uh, man, I just, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. So what do we do? How do we, how do we respond? How do we move forward? How do we, how do we look, what do we look to do going against NC state this week? Well, look, you, you respond the same way until until you don't, right? So, I mean, you know, what's to say that we're going to come out and we're going to be barn burners, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen anything that, that that shows us that, man. I mean, look, I'm I'm always going to pick us to win. I've said that a hundred times, but I'm probably going to pick us by like a like seven to six victory, man. Wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm I'm just saying, man. I mean, there's just you know, there's just not a lot to. Uh, not you like, obviously, you don't have to be there this weekend. Obviously, again, I'm going to congratulate you early. You know, happy anniversary <laughs> to you and you and yeah. Kelly. And uh, so you probably won't be there. Now, this will probably be the game that we just, oh, like, spank them and throw, throw up 60-something points, you know, and you won't be so there to watch me, it. You're telling me I'm the omen, right? I'm the, I'm the, I'm the bad aura in the building, man. See, I thought you were going to tell me. So you're saying there is a chance. So you're saying <laughs> there's a chance. So yeah. let me talk about NC State. Obviously – Right now they're sitting at five and one, you know, top twenty in the, in the country. Um, I thought that they, I thought they played a really good game against Boston College last week. Who Boston College was four and one at the time, um, and, and I like what Boston College is doing. I like the direction that Boston College is going. But NC State went in there. Um, obviously, first quarter was a seven seven, um, and then it literally, I think it was ten seven and a half. And then after the second half, it literally just opened up, and uh, NC State literally started started spanking them. But when you look at their stat line. Leary was only 16 for 24 for 251 yards and three touchdowns. Their running game, nobody had more than 45 yards. So you had Houston 8 for 43, Knight 11 for 41, and uh, Pearson Jr. 9 for 38. So it's not like they did a lot. They were consistent. They had a special teams like, you know, block punt for a score, um, you know, things like that. But, you know, Thomas, their receiver, was was balling. You know, four for, for 122, 30-yard 30 average and one touchdown. You know who's scary good on that team? Now, I don't think it'll ever get recognized that he is, though. Who's that? 79. I don't even know if I'm saying this guy's name right, but uh, Ikem Ekwanu, who uh, he's their tackle, right? And he's the guy who last year, like, I, I don't know if it was like – yeah. I don't know if it was like the uh, like like the monsters in Space Jam when they when they when they sucked all their play out of them, just right? destroyed. I think Bubba that's Bolden. I think that's what he did to Bubba, man. I think he went in there and just and, and just stole the game out of Bubba Bolden. He hit him so hard. Um, but that guy, man, watching him on on tape, I mean, you know, 
both against you know both protecting the run and the pass man i mean this guy is an absolute monster man <laughs> you know and for, for you to pull out an offensive lineman and say man this guy's the best this probably the best player on their team you know i'm not scared to say that man i mean they do have that uh that receiver as well uh i can't remember the kid's name um i think he's number 80 night uh no, let me see let me, let me hit their hit their roster here Oh, um, Mecca Mezzi. Mecca Mezzi, correct. Yeah, that guy's gonna give us fits, man. I can already, okay. I can already see it. So let, let's 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 talk about what happens here with the coastal, because there, there's a lot that's still. I mean, obviously, you need Pittsburgh to at least lose one game before you play mm-hmm. them in two weeks, right? You need Pittsburgh to lose one, and you need um, Virginia. Yeah, because we both have two losses. Correct. Yeah. So, so you would both- need, and again, you know, obviously. Everything's still in front of you. If 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 Pitt ends up losing one game in the in the in the coastal before you play them or after you play them, you'll have the head to head. The biggest thing is the Virginia game. Virginia has to lose another conference game if you win out. Because obviously Virginia Tech only has one loss in the coastal, and that was a Carolina. Um, but the fact that Carolina has three losses in the in the in the coastal already, that kind of almost eliminates You're still ahead them. of them. Yeah, you're Correct. You're only 0-2, right, in the, in the, in the yeah. conference. So you got the head-to-head against Virginia, which if you win that. Uh, Georgia Tech sitting at 2-2, two and two, you would have the head-to-head on them. So literally, it's Pittsburgh needs to lose. I don't know who they would lose to. Um, that That's the, the hard part. Yeah, but, but, but this year, I mean, you can look at it. And you can say, oh, they're balling right now. Well, let but- me ask you this. How did, does it affect – does it affect the coastal or does it affect the actual ACC? If they lose, like, So this week they play Clemson. So if they lose to Clemson, that's still a conference loss. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's not so, about the division. It's, a, it's right. a conference loss. So, so obviously you have a Clemson team who, again, not now again, they're unranked, but they're still Clemson, right? You know, there's, yeah. there's, they're so, still damn good, dude. <laughs> let's, let's, say, let's say this. Let's play hypothetical. Clemson beats Pittsburgh this week. Yeah. Miami beats NC State this week. Yeah. That, that sets up a showdown the following week in Pittsburgh against Miami versus Pittsburgh. And I think the winner of that game, this is my, this is my hypothetical. The winner of that game is going to win the Coastal because the following week, Pittsburgh ends up – they played Duke, which that's chalked it up as a win. But then they have UNC, they still have Virginia, and they still have Syracuse. They have a pretty tough schedule going down to finish to finish the year. Yeah, but so do we. <laughs> when, we when we look at it, I mean, look at look at what we've put on the field this year. So, I mean, look, if these guys turn it and they, you know, and, and, they, and, they, and they, they find it within themselves to, you know, to be a different team against NC State, then, yeah. You know, then, you know, we come out there and like that game against Louisville, uh, Manny's first year where we hung like 52 points on those guys. You know, we come out there and we get a good confidence booster beneath us. Then we look at it and we say, hey, there's five games left, right? You got to go to Heinz Field, which is going to be tough. You come back, you play Georgia Tech, which, look, you have, you know, Georgia Tech's up, you know, they're up and coming, but you're still, you should be a better team. You're a better team on paper than they are. Correct. Right. Florida State rivalry game. You know, those guys are going to play us hard. I think that game is going to be close. But, again, I still, you know, look, I still think we win that game. Uh, Virginia Tech, if it was up there, I'd be really worried about. But, you know, it's at home. And then yep. if you're riding you're riding a three- or four-game win streak, run into that, you got it. And then you go to Duke. And, I mean, Duke is, is is terrible this year. So, yeah, theoretically and mathematically, yes, it's still in, it's still in front of you, provided Pitt loses to Clemson and Virginia loses again somewhere else, which I well, think is highly likely. Well, I, you, you, I agree with you because if again, if you look at Virginia's schedule, um, I think they, they play they play Georgia Tech this week, which potentially could knock them off. Georgia Tech's, you know, again one of those teams that are hit or miss. Um, 
unfortunately, they play Virginia in a couple. They play Notre Dame in a couple weeks. They still play Pittsburgh. So I, what I would like to see is is Pittsburgh lose to Clemson. We turn around and beat beat Pittsburgh, and then Virginia ends up playing Pittsburgh and Vatek. You know, back to back to end the season, lose one of those games there. Yeah. Unless unless they lose to it like a Georgia Tech this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So look, I mean, it, the the opportunity's still there, man. It's 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 still you know. We still need to keep playing, man. These guys need to show up. They need to play hard. They need to be prepared. Um, you know, they they need to wrap up and tackle. I mean, they need to get back to like Pop Warner type basics, right? Wrap the guy up, see what you hit, and and pull him down to the ground, right? Do not let him go. That's trying to trying to bounce people to the ground and like push people to get them to fall down. That's that's BS. It's unacceptable. And if I'm a coach and I see that this year. And I see people try to tackle like that. I don't care who you are or what your name is. I'm pulling your ass out of the game and I'm sitting you on the bench. Correct. Right? Like if you don't want to wrap up, you will not play on my my defense. And it needs to just be that simple, right? They just need to look and say, look, you do that, you're getting pulled from the game. And that's all there is to it. You set an example. I think at some yeah. point, Manny has to set the example and say, you know what? You're not doing what you were taught. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now, let's see what changes this week. Let's see how much playing time Avante Williams gets because this is key to me. Because if Avante Williams can come in and replace a DJ Ivy, I'm okay with that. You know, we, we know this staff, though. What's going to happen, he's going to get – you know, he's going to make it on on special teams and he's going to play a handful of series on defense, maybe, maybe 15 snaps if, like – I mean – I think that's the absolute max that this kid's going to play. Yeah. And then the next game, they're going to give him 20. No matter what he does in those 15, no matter what he does in those 20, they're going to slowly bring him along. I bet you don't see full minutes from him you know, or full snaps, no matter how he plays, until towards the end of the year. So anyhow, we're up against the break, man. Uh, you listen to the Can Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio, Channel 145. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you give me that puppy look. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. (laughs) You can be a Richard sometime. (laughs) Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn stronger because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction see if you're always winning then you don't really understand what it is to win you, you got to take those losses you got to take those hits there's got to be the valleys the peaks the ups the downs in order for you to when it does happen you go wow you know this is what it's all about on behalf of all of us here at slam radio we would like to thank you pitbull for making this dream become a reality Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. You know, I, I would I would like to disagree with you on that because you know you talk about the Avante Williams situation, and hopefully the staff is is understanding that their feet are to the fire at this point. And if you want if you want to have any type of saving grace, you have to look at the caliber of players that you have, the talent of players you have, and stop showing this favoritism. Stop showing this. You know, okay, you know, you're in my good graces. I'm gonna let you play, bro. Like you're gonna get fired. Like honestly. So why not take the opportunity? Why not take the opportunity to let Navante Williams play? Why not let the opportunity to let pre uh, mid? I'm sorry, I don't want to say preseason, midseason freshman All Americans right now, and James Williams and Cam Kitchens. And if you remember, this is exactly where Michael Pinkney and Shaq Quarterman were. They were freshmen. They ended up being freshman All Americans, 
you know, and again, you just didn't really see them continue to progress moving forward after their freshman year. I think Shaq was really consistent. Pinkney kind of shined here and there, but nothing with the caliber to, to become, you know, again, you look at the Alabama linebackers, you know, and I'll use them as, as a, a, as a, a, a staple, like Shaq and Pinkney aren't a Henry Toa Toa or a, um, a Reuben Foster, you know, those, those type of players that transcended from when they were freshmen to when they were seniors. Right. And this is where I want to see some of our young guys transcend to become all Americans. I mean, obviously, you know, last year you had Jose Borgales was, you know, our, you know, an all American, which, you know, but that's our kicker. Where's our athletes? Where's our, you know, our, our, you know, bread and butter people. They're there, but so so a couple things. First, they're they're there, right? We just refuse to we refuse to use them, and like, look, I, I'm I agree with you on the fact that look, like we should play them, and you know, the, yeah, the staff's feet is to the fire. But listen, if this staff has shown us anything over the years that they've been here, it's that they will continue to double down and double down and double down and double down. Like they will, they will not just you know fold and say, hey, okay, you know, this is. <laughs> You know, this is what we need to do. Until the until the coaching staff realizes that there are younger players who are hungry, trying to make a name for themselves, nothing's going to change. You know, and, and this is so obviously we're coming out on Saturday and we're wearing Miami Knights. We're we're going all black for what? Every time we wear them, we lose, right? I think we know. A couple of years ago, we wore the black ops and we played the North, North Carolina game. Virginia. No, no, it's a couple years prior to that. The Virginia the, game. We there, was wore, a thir- there was a Thursday night we wore them against North Carolina, and we absolutely decimated them. And well, these, are, was, these aren't even the Miami 16? Knights. This is the, again, I'm going back, Brad Kaya type, type you know, helmets. It was against Virginia. They had like the black camo. It was called the Black Ops. So they oh, had camo. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. so, and, and we won that game. You know, but then we did wear, we did wear, you're right, we did wear them well, in the 2017 season. I'm sorry, I want to say 2018 season, um, and we won. But then we ended up wearing those against Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl and lost. And then we <laughs> turned around and wore them again against Carolina, the, the Miami Knights 2.0, and just got embarrassed. Yeah. So I don't know, man. To me, it's not about the uniform. It's not about the gimmicks. It's not about you know how, how good you look inside your uniform. It's about how, you, how good you look playing – and performing while you're wearing that uniform, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, I, I think the the school goes it goes back to the disconnect that they that they have with stuff. You know, it's the, you know, it's it's like the turnover chain stuff, right? Like they keep they keep putting all that out there. They need to realize that the entire fan base is sick of seeing that because you keep bringing it out and making a big deal about it when we're getting our ass whooped, yeah. right? Nobody wants to see that. Like you said, we were talking about it earlier in the show. Like, look. You know, we were watching the game together, you know, at your place on Saturday, right? Yeah. And what we look at, you know, Harvey came out. What we say to each other, yeah, he earned it there. Like, that's where I'm, that's where I want to see the hardware. But I don't want to see the hardware when you're trying to make a big deal of it when you're down 30 points to Alabama and, you know, late in the third quarter and it, and it finally comes out, right? Like, I don't care. I don't want to see that. I don't want us to be proud right now. I want us to sit there and say, okay, Time to, you know, that's a turning point. Time to go back and fight back. Like, stop this celebration. If we're ever losing, you know, or and in, in, in not like storming back, that thing just needs to stay in the trunk. I don't want to see it. No, 100%. I mean, to me, when you're getting beat, like, 
and we've said this numerous times, and I'm trying to just kind of keep my composure because I'm tired of saying the same thing. Like, act like you've been there. Like, yeah. act like you've been there. They haven't know? been there though. <laughs> none of them. <laughs> you know, none, none of our none of our guys know what winning feels like. None of our coaches have coached at winning programs ever. Like, we literally have no connection to winning. Well, we do have one connection to winning. That's that's on the staff, and they don't utilize them at all. I mean, you know, you got the goat over there just pacing the sideline. No, just chilling. And nobody and nobody wants to hear it from them, right? The people inside the building, they don't want to talk to them about it, you know? Jeez, man. If, if I'm any one of those coaches, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I know you're here part-time, but, you know, can you come and just sit in the film room with me and tell me what you see? Here's what I see. Oh, well, why are you seeing that, right? Like, I would soak up every single ounce of knowledge that 20 is trying to put out to us. But, but nobody in that building has a winning mentality or been part of any winning cultures ever. No, 100%. And that's where I feel like the James Williams, the Cam Kitchens, the Avante Williams, those guys now that are young need to be, like I said earlier in the show, they need to be that sponge and let you know the goat just pour, pour, pour as much water on them, and they need to absorb it and so, you know, soak it up in order to, to benefit their game. Um, I just I don't see what's going on, man. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they come out and how they and how they respond and how they kind of rebound from. I would say that was a disappointing loss. Obviously, you spotted them, you came back, you held them to fourteen points in the second half. Like your defense did their job. Your offense put up points in the second half. Unfortunately, yeah, you fought. You fought. yeah but but unfortunately, I felt like you you kind of put yourself in too far of a hole to dig your way out. And again, you could sit there and say, well, we could have kicked the field goal and we could have tied it. Yeah, I grant you. You know, there's all those shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Like, again, now people are mad because you didn't go for the field goal to where two weeks ago you were mad because you didn't try to win. Like, it's you're not going to please. You know, we live in a microwave society, I believe, right? It's, you know, what are you doing in the next 30 seconds? And instead of letting things, you know, like a bag of popcorn, like let me let me put it like this. You put a bag of microwave popcorn, you set it in there for two and a half, three minutes, whatever the case may be. It slowly starts to build that heat and it slowly starts to pop the kernels until finally all the kernels are finally popped, right? Like it's not like you just hit the button, boom, like the bag of popcorn is full. So I, I think, and I'm using this analogy in a way where I don't care if it's Manny Diaz, I don't care if it's Bill, you know, Bill Napier, I don't care if it's Mark Stoops. I don't care if it's Lincoln Riley. At some point, you're going to have to build from within. You're going to have to build from the bottom, and you're going to finally have to let everything come to the top, right? Like, you're just not going to walk into this program, I don't care what coach you are, and turn it around right from the get-go. You're not. Yeah, but you got to have a winning mentality. And here's here's what I worry about, man. You know, like I love, and I've said from, from the instant when we signed this whole class, this last class is special. But what I worry about is that if we don't instill a winning culture in these guys and build and build a winning atmosphere around them and, and build that willing, you know, cultivate that winning culture, it's going to end up just like that 2018 class, man. You know, that 2018 class. I mean, let me run these names down for you for that class, right? Lorenzo Lingard, right? Playing running back at Florida had like negative, six snaps here. Negative. Playing special teams. It's playing special teams, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so you're right. You're playing special teams. Brevin Jordan, right? probably the best career out of, out of any of these guys. And he played a couple of years and was almost hurt almost the entire time he was here. Nesta pretty much still to make a play, right? Mark Pope gone, right? Jaron Williams, third string at USF right now. 
Al Blades, hurt, right? DJ Scaife, right, getting abused on the offensive line. Brian Hightower, lasted a year. Now he's in uh, Illinois. Cam Harris, unfortunately, he's injured, right? Uh, G Hall, <laughs> right? No, no comment. <laughs> Gil Frierson, you know, had a great year last year, but he's been relatively, you know, just been a non-factor so far this year. Probably our best defensive player last year. And again, just been a, been a non-factor. Will Mallory, right? Finally gets his chance to shine. Nothing. Cleveland Reed, right? I don't think we've seen him take a single snap here. Marcus Ezzard, right? Just left Georgia or just left Georgia Tech too. So he's on his next one. DJ Ivy, right? Toast out there. Uh, D Wiggins, right? Unless it's a game against Florida State, what has he ever done here? John Campbell, injured reserve. Greg Russo. <laughs> you know, Greg Russo, right? But again, what? it took us a yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean he's been he's been a monster in the in the in the league, but you know, he played what one point two five seasons here. Pat Joyner out at Utah State, Jordan Miller, you know, backup lineman for us who isn't playing that much. Nigel Bethel, he's at Colorado. Rialis George out at uh Missouri. out of Missouri right now, right? And then the last one, Bubba Baxa. That was your 2018 class. What do you have to show for that? Right. And there was plenty of talent there. So it comes down to how are you developing correct talent that's there. Correct. And that's the hard part, right? And, and there's nobody to blame but the coaching staff. You know, you look at the talent. Brevin Jordan was the number one tight end in the country coming over. You know, listen, you look at Tate Martell, their number one player in the country as far as a Gatorade National Player of the Year, went to Iowa State, transferred from Miami, couldn't even see the field here. Why? No. I mean, obviously there was some different reasons for him. You know, maybe his head wasn't screwed on right. Um, you know, but look at Cozy Perry, like Nicozy. You couldn't tell me that he's not better than Jaron Williams, but and you guys just getting him an opportunity. If I'm not mistaken, I think FAU's playing tonight. Yeah, and I think I think Cozy's. I mean, th- look, this year Cozy's playing the best ball of his life, man. <laughs> I know? wonder. Uh, I wonder if are they on TV? Shout, at all, out, you know? shout out to the Cozy Hive, man. They're off yeah. you on that fire stick, man. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can find it. Well, I'm on my computer, so I'm not. I was yeah. watching the. Uh, I was watching Cleveland and Denver for a little bit, man, and. You know, yeah. obviously Denver just is it's just brutal. So FAU is uh is is playing Charlotte right now. Charlotte. It's nine seven at halftime, uh okay. Charlotte. So okay. still a close game, but you know, look, Kosey four six for eighty six yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Yeah. Um, you know, five attempts for six yards on the ground. So look, I'll always be Kosey Hive, man. You know, that kid made a couple mistakes early in his career here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but he grew for them, right? Like, you know, he he messed up. And instead of, you know, continuing for his career to kind of spiral down, the kid sucked it up. He he became a man and, you know, um, he was he was an awesome teammate, I think, last season. And, you know, um, now he's killing it at FAU. I mean, I bet this kid's going to get himself drafted, man. I mean, I think that's I think he's playing that well at FAU. Six, I, seventh I, I round pick, that, right? I can see that happening. I mean, obviously you have yeah. your combine and stuff like that. So, um you know, he's got the physical. He's got the physical. He's got the physical measurables that I think that the NFL looks at, right? So you know, six four. I think he's probably what two ten, two fifteen now. He came here. He was like one sixty, one seventy. <laughs> and he still might be that. Don't 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 get it twisted. He still yeah. might be that. Yeah. So a, a couple things moving forward into this week. Um, I'm anxious to see how our our defense of line plays because I think that was one of the things that we had talked about before was. You know our weakness, our weak spots are going to be the D line and our linebackers. But when you look at all across the board, it's like there really hasn't been any bright spots. Now I say that with a little bit of hesitation because I feel like Keontre before he got hurt was balling. 
you know, and you saw what he did last last week, right? Yeah, he um, made some great plays. So I, I think with him being there, that helps out. But like the striker position this year so far with yeah. Amari and with Gill has literally been non-existent. Yeah. Well, I mean, the striker. None of us have, ever, I think, ever been a fan of that of that striker position. I, think, I haven't. I think you put a fast linebacker out there, and it's this, it's the same damn thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so you know, I, I don't, I don't, I still don't really understand that thing fully, right? I mean, I wish we were in our, you know, attacking four three D that that you know that that made Miami who we are, right? Correct. Um, you know, but we're we're in all this kind of hybrid stuff and. You know, I I just want to get after guys and look. You know, the thing is, you know, you got to be fast. You got to get to the ball, and and you got to be able to tackle and bring the guy down. And right now, we don't have that ability. We don't. We don't. You know? We we definitely don't. That's going to be the interesting part to see how they can respond. You yeah. know, I just for the life of me, I just I just want to see Kane's football be back to at least some some sort of relevance to where, you know. I'm not talking about winning a natty. Obviously, that's that would be the goal is to you to be get back to win natties. But how about just making it a consistent top 15 program over the next couple of years? Yeah, but you know, so so here's the thing on that, right? And I mean, I know we're we're a few minutes away from a break here, right? And I don't want this to be long winded, but yeah, you know, where do you start, right? You got to start at the top to 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 start making impactful changes, right? So that's why, like, look, I don't care that we haven't you know, fired Manny yet. Right. I'm not on that fire Manny train. I'm going to support the guy. I'm going to support whoever our coach is in, until they're no longer our coach. Right. But, you know, to me, it's like, I really hope that we're actually making moves at the top and we're figuring out how to get this thing right. Because not only are we broken on the field from an X's and O's standpoint, we're broken from a culture standpoint, right. Correct. And a culture of all athletics. Right. So, and that goes beyond even Blake James, right? That goes into the way that our entire athletic department is structured, right? Who's playing what role, who's doing what, like the, the entire thing is, is fractured, right? And we need to be able to get in there and say, okay, what's the formula that makes this work? What do, what do we need to do, right? We need to restructure the department and get people in the right positions and hire people for positions that maybe don't exist, right? Like for instance, right? You should have a doctor who is a, you know, athletic performance scientist who runs all aspects of athletic performance, who keeps up with all the latest technologies as far as the GPS monitors and, you know, uh, cryobaric chambers and all, all those different things that you see all these other programs have. But that's also running your rehab programs. He's running, you know, your prevention programs. You know, uh, he's running your nutrition programs, right? We need one person who's laser focused on that really for all athletics at the, at, at the entire university and who keeps us on the path with that right now it's really sporadic and it's piecework. And, you know, we got one guy who does nutrition and, you know, um, you know, Vinny's still there. We love Vinny. Right. You know, but I mean, Vinny's like, you know, he's kind of like, Hey, I'm just here kind of keeping an eye on the new guy. Right. Yeah. So there's not a lot of structure and direction in the actual program. So, I know we're up against the break here. Let me run us to break, and then we'll we'll come back for our final segment here. But you guys are listening to the Kangang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. 
clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
All right, final segment. As always, we get ready to talk some games that are happening this weekend. Enough about the disappointment loss at UNC because we can only beat a dead horse so much, right? We can we can only beat a dead horse. Um, we can keep beating it, man. The whole fan base has been beating it up on Twitter for <laughs> for an entire week, man. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of the games um, unfold this week. So let's let's pull up some games, Bird. Um, let's, let's get into some of these games that are coming, coming this week. Um, cause I think, uh, we got, we'll give you All a second right. here to pull, to pull them. I was actually, uh, I was actually going to get them set here in a second. No, that's fine. I'm well, looking you're, at them you're now, calling so I, I got them. Yeah. Oh, obviously I'm not going to talk about the app state game last night because, uh, they won. They'd be close to Carolina, get them out of the equation. Right. So like, that's, that's the thing that I like to see. Get, get close to Carolina out. Coastal's a fraud. And look, before we get into these, you know, as, as you're setting these picks up, I'll tell you, these G5 schools, man, like they do not need to be in the consideration for, for the talk of playing for a championship. Maybe if we go to a 12 or an 18 playoff, then maybe I'd be open to the idea of one of them slipping in there. Yeah. Right. But even the Cincinnati team, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Cincinnati is going to get exposed at some point during this year. The talent gap between group of five teams and, and power five teams is – it's massive, man. You know, like, and I'll tell I'll tell you right now, man. Even you know, the Big Twelve is is expanding and adding these four other programs in there, but they're also losing their flagship programs. You know, do you think that the Big Twelve is now going to be a oh, power? Well. Are, are they still Power Five, or is it now Power Four and Group of Six? <laughs> you well, know, that's, that's the thing because you're taking AAC teams and moving them over, right? You're taking. Yeah. Oklahoma State's your flagship, and look, that's a great program, right? Like, yeah, but that's not your that's just, that's not your focal point of that of that conference. So it who is be. it then? Who I, is I it then? I, so on, the, on the Big Twelve, I, I don't. I mean, yeah. again, you're losing your powerhouse in Oklahoma and Texas. So yeah, so they are to to my mind, it's now Power Four conferences, right? Could be, could be. Even though this year, if you stack the ACC up against there, we'd probably lose to most of those teams. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Across the board. Oh, you get what I'm saying. Across yeah. the board. All right. So <laughs> let, let's go with uh, – you have your you have your little stat sheet there? You have your little thing? Or you're not worrying about it? I'm not worried about it, man. I, right. But I will, I will call out that I did call some upsets last week. You man. did. I, I think you finished 5-1. Call- and one. You finished 5-1. Yeah. and one. I was 1-5. and five. No, I was 4-2 I was and because we both got the four Texas game wrong. And we both play, we, we both picked Put Miami, Miami there. Right. But I so, did get Auburn over Arkansas, and I did get LSU over Florida. Thank you. You did. You did. But, I mean, even the sun shines on a dog's ass every now and then, right? <laughs> so, you know. I had, I had to take the W there, man. You I'm did. Sorry. You got it. No, you got it. You got it. Um Obviously, there's a couple. There's not really any like focal games this week. I mean, it's kind of a down week for um, for college football. But since you mentioned Cincinnati earlier, let's talk about Cincinnati and Navy. Let's talk about that game. I mean, I, I don't think it's gonna be close. But here's here's the thing with that game. You know, maybe Navy from the style that they play is the team to knock them off. I mean, if Navy goes in there and they show them something that they haven't seen yet with, you know, 12 minute drives, right. If they, if they get three 12 minute drives the entire game and they manage to get points off them every single, every single drive, maybe they do knock them off. So what are you saying? I'll take Navy on the upset. Oh my gosh. Don't do that. All right. I'm going with an easy W here. I'm taking Cincinnati. <laughs> and I'm taking Cincinnati by 24. Oh gosh! I thought we didn't do scores no more. Well, not. I'm just giving. I'm telling you by by 24. All right. I'm taking Navy by one in a thriller. Okay. 
I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you just completely go bare on that one. Yeah. Um, so since we're talking like military, Wake Forest and Army. Oh, I got Wake. I think. I think Wake. Is, oh, really? You're not gonna yeah. take Army? No. No, not not even a little bit. Why are you gonna argue with me on my picks, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll give you. I'll give you that one. So I'm gonna go with Wake Forest as well. I don't think it's oh. close. I just think it's uh, again like the college football games this week is, is brutal. Um, Clemson and Pittsburgh. Well, let me ask you one quick question though. Yeah. Better ACC quarterback named Sam Hartman or Hartwell or Hartman or Howell? Still gonna go with Howell. <laughs> I'm gonna go Hartman, man. Uh, Howell's been bad this year, even though he torched us. I know it's easy for me to you know go in there. He, yeah, you know, but he don't have the weapons. Though, does, right? but... Correct. All right. Um, all right. Clemson and Pittsburgh. Ooh. I'm going Clemson. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Clemson all the way at this point. I feel like Clemson is definitely going to not make a statement, but still show Pitt. Like, listen, we even though we're down, we still run the ACC, even though we probably won't make. So here's the funny thing, right? When you when you think of Clemson, Clemson's four and two right now, right? Lost to Georgia, and they lost to NC State. So. If Miami ends up beating NC State this week, so NC State would still have to lose one more time, and then Clemson, if they win out, would still go back and win the Atlantic. Well, technically, mm-hmm. technically, no. Let me rephrase this. Because NC, NC State – well, hold on. So NC State has – Wake's still undefeated, correct. Wake, yeah. Wake's still undefeated. Um, I don't know what their schedule's like and who they played, who they finish out with. Um, but – Clemson with the one loss in, in in the in the ACC, if they went out, I think they still got to play Wake. Like they would have the head to head. The problem is, you, you again, who did NC State lose to? Do you know? I can't remember. Let me see if I could pull it up real quick. I just I think about some of these things and I'm like, man, who did they lose to? Um, NC State ended up losing to Mississippi State. Yep. Mississippi State. So really had no confidence. Shout out, shout out to Dave Case. Dave, one one time for Dave Case over there. Um, <laughs> shout out to the Miami Heat winning by almost 30 right now against Milwaukee Ooh, Bucks. NBA champions who? I don't even start. Uh, hey, listen, man. It's on it's on the heat to save to save Miami sports right now, man. So everybody else is trash. Well, the Panthers, the Panthers. Are, Panthers, Panthers are good too. But the Panthers are Broward County, bro. They're not Miami, man. I, I love it. Listen, it's called the yeah. Florida Panthers. One one time for the nine five four, right? You already know. So, all right. So again, we're going. I'm going Clemson. You're going Clemson. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to make another upset, another pick them. Ready? Ole Miss against LSU. Going Ole Miss, man. <laughs> I, I, I like the lane train, man. So I'm, I'm going Ole Miss there. Dude, let me ask you this. So. Your Tennessee, I think it's Milton. I think it's a quarterback to, who who's in there at the end of the game. How, when you know you need to get the ball in the end zone, on the last play of the game, you run out of bounds? I don't know, man. Did you watch I, that? No, but I heard. Oh, I heard about it. I've heard about it on all the on all the, oh. on all the talk shows and everything. And everybody's like, like literally, you you step out of bounds when the, obviously there's no time on the clock. Like you got to throw the ball into the end zone. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're trying to run for 20 yards and then step out of bounds. I don't, like, know. I don't know what that guy's thinking. Uh, 
So you're you're gonna go Ole Miss. I'm gonna go Ole Miss as well. I figured since mm-hmm. you since you thought that you know you 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 pulled the upset with the LSU Florida game that you might want to sit there and be like you know what I'm gonna go I'm back to LSU. Right now, Navy Cincinnati game is gonna decide who wins between us this week. Negative because I no. know we're both picking Miami over NC State. That's that's a given. Yeah, correct. We we were definitely taking that. And then let me see what else. Uh, I'm trying to think of another game. All right, what about this one? What about the USC-Notre Dame game? Oh, classic, man. I love it. Uh, I got Notre Dame there, man. I, I think, I think you know, SC is just – they're reeling right now. That that receiver, though, uh, what's his name? Drake London? It's a bad man. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> – Sorry, I, the worst is when you're sitting there and you're trying to talk and you get a, like kind of a text from work, you know, and you're oh. like, oh, man. It's just money, bro. Don't worry about that. I uh, know. Well, I, I put some cameras up, like some some rings out there today. and um, Man, who can't put a ring on themselves, man? Bro, it's it's it's, it's, oh. it's, it's baffling me. And now the guy, it was working earlier, um, and now the guy's saying, oh, I got no signal out there. Well, check your Wi-Fi. <laughs> Hold on, it's your Wi-Fi. Well, well, who you got in that USC Notre Dame, man? You, I'm going to USC. All right, all right, cool. So, so we got a we got a different one then. So, good stuff there, man. Good stuff. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, I'm looking for a big sports weekend. Obviously, college football on Saturday is going to be a good time. Um, obviously, you know, you flip over the the Hard Rock has back to back this week. You know, you got the Miami NC State game, and then you got the the Dolphin Atlanta game. Yeah. So let me let me pull something else out here too. And you and I haven't even talked about this. Usually we talk about these things ahead of time. But shout out to Isaiah Wong, going for forty oh. points last night in the Bro. exhibition. Forty. Okay. So so here's my thing. You said the keyword. Exhibition. Exhibition. <laughs> At I some on, point. I put on Twitter. I said I will not. I will. I will not get overhyped for Hurricane Hoops. I will not get overhyped. And I said, I'm getting hyped for Hurricane Hoops. It's it's one of those things where, and again, baseball is getting ready to start. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot happening, you know, down there at at, at Coral Gables. You know, I'm interested to see how the the boys, like from baseball, respond. You know, you look at the team that we had last year, and I thought last year we had a pretty good squad. Um, I thought we could make some noise, and but obviously, and then we we let we let people go to the portal. We let our best player go to FSU. Like, how does that even happen? I don't know, and I'm still pissed about that, man. Like, we should seeing, be. seeing the first time that 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 we play against him, man. Like, I swear to God, it better not be what it was last year, and it was like what forty five to to nothing, uh, <laughs> forty five to three over a three game series. Yes, it was yeah. like thirty four two. Yeah, something. Yeah, it was something absurd and embarrassing. Better not they, happen again, man. No, and, and you know, obviously they come out. They're getting ready to, they're getting ready to start here in a couple of weeks. Um, it, it should be interesting to see how they, how they, you know, how they come and play. I'm excited because again, whenever I like baseball, I don't, I, I'm not a proponent of just sitting there and watching it. Now, Frank, you know, shout out to Frank, but Frank actually mm-hmm. calls. You know, Frank gets to call a bunch. He calls some Marlin games. He calls yeah. FIU games. Um, you know, that, he's that's Mr. pretty He's dope. Mr. 305, man. He's all over. I wouldn't give him that much, but I, I would say that he's definitely, you know, <laughs> he, he, he's legit when it comes to things like that, man. So, 
We shall see, man. So let, let's talk about road games next year. I mean, let's talk about road games this year. So obviously, we got Tallahassee coming up. You still, you still down for that, or what's the deal? Of course, absolutely. Is the whole family going? Or are you going solo? I'm not sure, man. Wife's you got going some solo. Saturday work stuff going on. Just we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Just probably solo. solo. Just solo. <laughs> man, that that's tough. You know, you spend money. I mean, obviously, I know you could sell those tickets in a heartbeat if you needed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Dolphin Derek probably listening right now. Like, hey, man. <laughs> I don't know. He actually I think he already bought tickets. He he might have bought tickets already because he wasn't well, he sure. He could sell those and then come down and sit with us. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, I think he's in like row five or something like that. I don't yeah. think he's too far back, but, um, you know, I like the road trip. Obviously, there's nothing to do in Tallahassee, and again, you know, depending on what happens and when it comes through, maybe we just ride up together. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, I, again, I'm still thinking about an RV, but again, if it's just uh, the three of us, I might just take my truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put a cooler in the back and just, you know, I'll scoop you up on the way and then just ride out. Cooler in the back. You make it sound like there's like like alcohol in there, bro. I think things to be loaded out with Pepsi's and bottled waters, bro. Listen, I said <laughs> cooler because I drink Pepsi. I drink Dr Pepper. I well, drink well, water. Most, most people be like, "Yeah, I got a cooler full of cool full of natty lights back there, man." And you're like, "No, bro." Like, I'm going to cool it full of Pepsi and, and, and bottle water. Well, yeah. You're nothing wrong with it. I ain't ripping I'm, on you. I'm driving. Like, I can't be <laughs> drinking and driving. First of all, I don't drink anyway, but, you know. Yeah. Someone's got to be able to hold it down and drive. So, yeah. but it, it's actually, it's kind of a long, it's it's a long drive. I don't know. If, have you ever driven that? No. Yeah. Plenty of times. Oh, man. Like, sometimes I'd rather fly, but the problem is, like, the flights in Tallahassee are stupid. Yeah. They're just stupid expensive. Yep. Better off flying into Jacksonville and driving to two hours from Jacksonville, but then you got to rent a car and it's. And then I ten, man, I ten is uh, like the most speed traps ever, bro. Like you got to literally hit the cruise control like five over on one, that one, bro. Not even five over. I, I literally run it right, <laughs> right in the speed limit. I'm yeah. not. Ta- I'm not taking a chance. I'm not even trying I'm to tell you, bro. Them boys got no tolerance in North Florida, man. They don't like themselves, Florida boys, like us. Especially when you got like Miami plates and flags going with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, man, because chances are they're one of two things. They are Florida or Florida State up there, oh, bro. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, yeah. you get up you get up north of Orlando, bro, and uh, you, Once know, you, you start, start taking a that, turnpike you start at 75. That, you start smelling it, you know, right when you get on 75. You're oh. like, damn, like 30 miles from Gainesville. Like, oh, my god, Smells gosh. nothing like shame, fast food restaurants, and hourly motels, man, when you roll through Gainesville. But, I, you know, I always stop in Gainesville because I stop at Sunny's. I always stop at Sunny's because, you know – it just—it's a tradition. Well, we, got sun, we got sunnies all over the place, man. I don't need to stop in Gainesville for that. We don't. Yeah, that's right. That's one thing. Y'all got mission down there. Well, we don't have—we have one mission barbecue, but we also have four rivers. I, I but, mission down. I mission tonight. Did good. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like I like sunnies, man. You know, the nearest one to me is over in Lake Worth, so I still got to go like twenty. Ooh, so it's twenty. It's twenty. It's twenty-two miles. From the sawgrass to the exit, and then like another five miles. So I'm about thirty miles out, bro. You know, crazy, crazy. It is what it is, man. You know, we can we can hit something else. You know, maybe we'll hit a uh, we'll hit like a, a Zaxby's. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, man? I, I tell you what, I'm terrified of it, and I'm so amped for it at the same time. You mentioned next year's road trips, man. A and M and Vatek, bro. A and M is so on the bucket list, man. I mean. Like I said, I'm terrified of going in there as an as an opposing player because I know it's, how that. It's, that it's not about the wins and losses for me, bro. It's about the. It's about the memories. It's about the excitement. It's about cheering. Right. Um, I should post. Uh, pop up on my memory today on Facebook. Maybe I'll post it. We had lost a game. I want to say in 2016, and I called it a rant, but it wasn't a rant. It literally was just me 
you know, dissecting different things and trying to stay positive. And that's the way I've always been, and that's the way I'll continue to be, man. So win or lose, oh, I don't be. care. Yeah. I mean, this year, like, look, I'm hoping we go to a bowl game. Um, it's going to be tough at this point. I mean, we got to get four four wins out of six, right? Four out of six. Let me ask you this. We go to El Paso. Or are you going? Man, I ain't going tough. to El Paso. I ain't going oh. to El Paso, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you just dropped an F-bomb. We got to have Frank beat that out, man. <laughs> My bad, Frank. We got 10 seconds left in the show, and you're dropping an F-bomb. <laughs> Well, you threw something. You threw Close something out, man. Oh, Close man. Out, man. Well, listen. On that note, we're gonna leave here. Thank you for listening to the Kang Gang Radio Show. It's your boy DC and your boy Dirty Bird. <laughs> we're uh, we're out of here, man. Go Canes! And uh, I'm gonna call it right now. Canes by 14. I'm in with you. Canes right. by 14. Peace. The views and opinions expressed on Kang Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.